We would like to welcome you to another edition of The Jazz Show on CITR FM 101.9 or on your computer, citr.ca, with a www dot (laughs) in front of that. Anyway, without making things too complicated, especially those of you that uh, don't use your computers. A lot of people do. Um, I find more and more people uh, listen to the radio over their computers, and people have, you know, these days. Remember the original speakers we used to have, little little tiny things delivered? Now people have uh, really high-end speakers on their computers, and uh, listen to music and watch movies and all that kind of stuff, you know, how technology changes the world. Yes, yes. This is the mad month of March. And, of course, um, this is the jazz show. My name's Gavin Walker. And we have, as our jazz feature artist this month, one of the most iconic interesting, and at times controversial artists in jazz music, pianist, composer, extraordinaire, Thelonious Monk. Now, seeing as we have four Mondays in the month of March, um, I've chosen four rather significant albums by Monk, which changed his life And, of course, if you've never heard these albums, they'll change your life, too. Thelonious Monk, and uh, he is our jazz feature artist for the month. Beginning tonight, and tonight is kind of, uh, we're going to go back to two significant recording sessions. One done in uh, 1952 and one done in 1954. Now, you have to remember, Monk was uh, born in uh, North Carolina on October 10th, 1917, in Rocky Mount, North Carolina, and his family moved to uh, Harlem when he was uh, a young man. And, of course, uh, he began, uh, he took piano lessons and uh, did all sorts of things. And kind of emerged in the early 40s as an underground figure. Um, His piano style was rather eccentric um, compared to others. Um, He appeared to many to be kind of unpolished and um, unique. He had a unique way of playing the piano, flat-fingered, and that was part of his classical training. Um, he, he studied with uh, uh, various teachers when he was young and, and learned how to, how to play that way. And there's lots of videos of Thelonious Monk playing. And, of course, the, um, when the camera uh, shines on his hands, you see this um, kind of amazing technique. And, of course, he gets around the piano sometimes so fast with this flat-fingered technique. Uh, it's rather intriguing just to watch. Getting back to our jazz feature, um, the 1950s were pretty dry for Thelonious Monk. He began recording, actually, under his own name for Blue Note Records, and they were big supporters of of Monk. 
Um, the owners of Blue Note Records uh, took a liking to Thelonious and liked his music. And he did have uh, a few supporters in the jazz community, including um, the great Oren Keepnews, who uh, was um, kind of came into modern jazz through Thelonious um, from a more traditional kind of orientation and was a big, uh, became a big fan and later on a very important producer of Thelonious Monk's albums. But that's another story for now. Um, Monk did have his uh, supporters. Dizzy Gillespie was one of the one of the uh, his biggest supporters. Charlie Parker, um, other and Bud Powell, of course, was his uh, one of his best friends. Uh, drummer Art Blakey. Um, they were all very very close. And pianist, a uh, little more obscure figure, pianist Elmo Hope. And uh, when the three, Monk, Elmo Hope, and Bud Powell all used to hang out together and, and play music together and exchange ideas. Um, it was, uh, must, those sessions must have been something else. I'd love to be a fly on the wall there. But um, Monk had a rough time. The critics were dismissed most of Monk's records. They didn't sell, and they were never heard on the radio, on jazz programs. Nobody played them. Coupled with um, a legal problem, which was no fault of his own, he had his New York cabaret card taken away from him. Now, the cabaret card, every musician, every employee that worked in uh, alcohol-serving places like nightclubs, restaurants, and so on, uh, had to have what they called a cabaret card. And you had to go down to the police department and get fingerprinted, blah, blah, blah. And uh, this was very important. If you didn't have a cabaret card, you weren't allowed to work. And uh, many musicians, unfortunately, got uh, kind of caught up um, in with legal problems and had their cabaret cards nullified. So that meant that they couldn't work in places that served alcohol. And 99.9% of jazz clubs served alcohol. So that meant that they couldn't work unless uh, in private concerts or worked out of town outside the New York area. Anyhow, Monk ran into a legal problem. As I said, no fault of his own. And he his cabaret card was taken away. So that just added to the whole hardship of the early 50s for for Thelonious. And it was so fortunate that he married well. He married Nellie. She was a devoted wife. And Monk, uh, and they started a family. They had two children, one of whom is still alive, and that's Thelonious Monk Jr., wonderful drummer, T.S. Monk. Um, Monk was felt, very responsible for for his family and and thought seriously about um, doing some sort of a day job. I, I can't really imagine Monk working in the post office or uh, 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 waiting tables or anything like that. This this tall, distinguished man, I just can't see it. It never happened anyway. Uh, what happened was that uh, Nellie... Um, through her devotion and love for Thelonious, uh, took in extra work, worked 
uh, several jobs. She took in uh, people's washing. She cleaned apartments. She did this sort of thing and, and supported the family because she wanted Thelonious to stick with his music, to continue to compose, practice, and, and, and play. So somehow the monks survived in the 50s. And it was really, really, really tough. And with very little um, critical or uh, any kind of uh, recognition except from most of those musicians that I mentioned. Monk was, uh, Blue Note Records was really good to Monk. um, And some of his most important music was recorded for Blue Note. And his final session was in May of 1952. And he put together a wonderful sextet, and that's the music we're going to hear first. Um, After his Blue Note uh, tenure was over, he was picked up by Prestige Records, and uh, they began recording Monk for the same results. Unfortunately, his records didn't sell very well for Prestige either. But there is one session, uh, um, his, his tenure with Prestige, Uh, did produce some really, really beautiful records. And we're going to hear one session from 1954, um, a session that I think is his uh, finest and most uh, cogent for for prestige records. So that's our jazz feature this evening. I just wanted to give you a little bit of a background of, uh, of Monk. And, of course, if you really want to check him out, the best thing to do is either read a book on Monk or... Go to the internet. There's tons of uh, information on on the whole history of Thelonious Monk. Very, very interesting. So we go to our first session, his final session for Blue Note Records. A very, very well-organized little band that included um, Lucky Thompson, one of the great voices of the tenor saxophone, and Thelonious's homeboy, also from North Carolina, Lou Donaldson on alto saxophone. And I must say that Lou Donaldson is the only surviving member of this uh, recording session. Lou is still alive. He still plays occasionally and is feisty as ever. And his contribution here is really wonderful. On trumpet is Kenny Dorham. Kenny Dorham, the uncrowned king, as Art Blakey called him, one of the most important trumpet players of the early uh, modern jazz generation, kind of between, he had a style between Miles Davis and Dizzy Gillespie, but it was all his own. So that's the horn front line, Kenny Dorham on trumpet, Lou Donaldson on alto saxophone, Lucky Thompson on tenor saxophone, on bass from uh, New Jersey, a fine bass player that put in time with Charlie Parker and Dizzy Gillespie, Nelson Boyd on bass, and on drums, Another great supporter of Thelonious Monk, Max Roach. on, And all of this was recorded May the 30th, 1952 at WOR Studios in New York City for Blue Note Records. This is a very well-organized recording session. Um, the tunes are uh, really interesting and full of all kinds of monkisms. And uh, these are now classic recordings, even though they were pretty well rejected at the time they were released. So we open with a composition dedicated to his cousin. And uh, the tune is called Skippy. And that's the first 
tune that we're going to listen to. The second tune is a great, uh, interesting piece of music, and it's called Hornin' In. Then we go to a tune that was never released at all, but discovered years and years later, after Monk died, uh, when they went into the archives, and they found this tune that they was never put out on a record, and we're going to hear it. It's called Sixteen. That's the title, um, because it's 16 bars long. That's what, So there you go. Monk might have had a different title for it, but that's the one that they come up, came up with. Um, the sheet music of this was never found. So there you go. Anyway, 16 is tune number three. Tune number four is really interesting. It's one of the first tunes to be played in a, uh, a time signature that was not 4-4 four, four time. And it's played in, it's like double 3-4 time, which is waltz time, but it's played in 6-8 time. And what it is, is the old campfire favorite, Carolina Moon. Now, that tune was written in 1924, and Monk heard that tune uh, as, as a young man in, when he was living in North Carolina. And, of course, it's, it's one of those tunes that, as I said, became kind of a campfire tune. Carolina Moon, Keep Shining. Anyway, that's Monk's arrangement of Carolina Moon. And then the final sextet tune is uh, one that uh, stayed in Monk's repertoire, and it's called Let's Cool One. One more after that is a trio tune with no horns, and it's an old, old ballad. Monk liked these old, obscure standard tunes. Um, and this one is called I'll Follow You, and that's the final tune of this, uh, of this recording session. So once again, the tunes, Skippy is the first one, Horn and In, second tune, 16, tune number three, Carolina Moon, tune number four, Let's Cool One, tune number five, and the trio tune, I'll, I'll Follow You. So this is our part one of our jazz feature this evening. The music of Thelonious Monk and his sextet. And the personnel, once again, Lou Donaldson on alto saxophone, Lucky Thompson on tenor saxophone, Kenny Dorham on trumpet, Nelson Boyd on bass, Max Roach on drums, and of course, Thelonious Monk on piano. May 30th, 1952. Here we go.
That was the results of Thelonious Monk's final recording session for Blue Note Records, and he moved on to uh, re-recording for another small label after that. The people involved here, the great late uncrowned king of the trumpet, Kenny Dorham, Lou Donaldson on alto saxophone, Lucky Thompson on tenor saxophone, Nelson Boyd on bass, and Max Roach on drums, and of course, Mr. Monk at the piano. And we heard these classic tracks that are, of course, were ignored uh, in their time. Um, His music was rarely played on on the radio, if at all, and uh, on jazz radio programs. And, of course, uh, uh, critics um, were absolutely merciless um, in their treatment of Monk. Um, there was one one critic that came out and said that he had as much piano technique as a nine-year-old. Um, stuff like that, um, absolutely unfounded. And um, obviously, Monk was an individualist and had his own thing, his own music, his own way of composing, uh, all that kind of stuff. But uh, people just didn't seem to be ready for it. And Monk continued and eventually broke through. But this was uh, before the days of breaking through. And all these recordings now are are considered monk classics and studied and listened to and uh, etc. So I hope you enjoyed this particular session, May the 30th, 1952, at WOR Studios in New York City. The tunes, the first one was called Skippy, which was written for his um, uh, beloved cousin. And the second tune was called Hornin' In. The third tune was never issued at all until uh, uh, years later in the early 2000s, and it was uh, discovered. The tune was called 16. And uh, then we heard this amazing version of this old kind of campfire tune called Carolina Moon and done in typical monk fashion um, in fast 6-8 time. And that was one of the first um, pieces of music that was played um, in a time other than 4-4 time. Then we heard uh, another monk uh, tune that he uh, became part of his regular repertoire, a tune called Let's Cool One. And the final tune was an old standard written way back when um, and played as a trio uh, with just uh, bass and drums and Thelonious on piano. And the tune was entitled I'll Follow You. And that was another one that was never uh, issued until... Uh, the early 2000s. So that was, those were the results from this uh, recording session for Blue Note Records in 1952. As I mentioned before, in the preamble, Monk was uh, struggling. There was very little work for him. Uh, he did some out-of-town gigs. Um, that was about it. Um, he continued to compose and uh, practice and rehearse and stick with his music. And uh, Uh, One of the reasons he was able to do that was uh, through the devotion of his wonderful wife, Nellie, who insisted that Monk not get a day job and stick with his music, and that he did. The next session may have been the happiest for a rather unhappy time at Prestige Records. 
He moved from Blue Note to Prestige and recorded a couple of really great uh, trio uh, sets for, for Prestige. And then a rather disjointed and um, not a particularly happy session the following year, 1953. Well, there were a whole bunch of difficulties, and I won't get into We're not listen, listening to that music anyway, but the session... Uh, had some great moments and lesser moments as well, and there were uh, some problems, and th- and that was the famous Friday the 13th uh, session in 1953 for Prestige Records. The next session after that was really fine, and this little band, this quintet that we're going to hear, really sounds like a working band, and obviously Monk worked hard um, and and rehearsed these guys, um, they sounded like a working band, but they weren't. They were only put together for this particular recording session. And this one took place May 11th, 1954. And uh, the recording quality is, uh, is really good for its time. And we're going to hear uh, a newcomer on the uh, jazz scene, one of the most important tenor saxophone players to come out, um, along with Sonny Rollins. And this one... This gentleman went on to play with Count Basie for many, many years, and I'm talking about Frank Foster on tenor, and he was uh, called to do this session with Monk. Plays beautifully on it. And on trumpet, Monk's favorite trumpet player at the time was Ray Copeland, and uh, Monk liked brassy-sounding trumpet players, and uh, Ray Copeland filled the bill, and uh, he and Frank Foster blend very, very well Uh, in the ensembles, and uh, they sound like they've been working together for years. On bass, the great Curly Russell was one of Art Blakey's favorite bass players to work with, and Art Blakey on drums. Uh, Art Blakey was Monk's closest friend, and um, many people think that Art Blakey was the most ideal drummer to ever play with Thelonious Monk. So this session came off really well, Apparently, the the weather was really nice. Everything kind of came together. The vibe was good. And um, they played the tunes. They were all basically first takes. And everything went beautifully, as you'll hear. We opened with a Monk composition. Also, all the tunes uh, Monk wrote especially for this date. And the first one is called We See. The second tune is my favorite track. Um, it's called Locomotive, and you'll hear why. And tune number three is an old standard tune that everybody knows, Smoke Gets in Your Eyes, and it's a feature for Monk's piano, and, um, and the horns are there as well. But it's uh, uh, many people, um, including many critics, think that that tune is the highlight of the recording session. And the final tune is based on uh, the Gershwin's Lady Be Good, and it's Monk's variation of that, and he calls it Hackensack, because that's where uh, Rudy Van Gelder's studio was at the time, where this was recorded. So there you go. So only four tunes, and it came out on a 10-inch prestige record, and uh, I still think it's one of the finest moments of his rather unhappy time with prestige. So here we go with the second session of Thelonious Monk and all the folks I mentioned and we start with We See. 
from May 11th, 1954, a wonderful quintet put together by pianist Thelonious Monk, one of his happiest uh, sessions for a rather unhappy tenure at uh, Prestige Records. And uh, this wonderful session all came together on a bright sunny day, and uh, everything was pretty well done in in one take. Monk had obviously rehearsed uh, the group. They were only together for this recording session, but uh, it came off like a working band. And we heard Monk's favorite trumpet player of the time, Ray Copeland, and on tenor saxophone, a young man who was uh, brand new on the New York scene, went on to play for many, many years with uh, Count Basie's orchestra and write music for them and so on and so forth and built a career on his own. Saxophonist, tenor saxophonist Frank Foster. from uh, He had just graduated from uh, Wilberforce University and headed for the Big Apple. Great player. And um, along with Sonny Rollins was probably... This is before John Coltrane became prominent, but uh, Frank Foster and Sonny Rollins were two of the most important young tenor saxophonists in New York at the time. On bass, Curly Russell, and on drums, Monk's best friend, and uh, arguably the best drummer and the most sympathetic drummer to work with, Thelonious Monk, Art Blakey. And, of course, um, Mr. Monk at the piano. We heard three Monk compositions and an interpretation of a beautiful old standard as well. So we began with uh, We See was the first tune. The second tune was my favorite of the whole set, and that was entitled Locomotive. And tune number three was the old standard I was talking about, and it's a favorite Smoke Gets in Your Eyes, and uh, Monk himself was uh, basically the featured soloist on that piece. The final tune was written by Monk based on George Gershwin's Lady Be Good. Variations on that tune is called Hackensack, and all of that was recorded, as I mentioned before, May 11, 1954, Rudy Van Gelder's studio, and issued on a 10-inch prestige record. And... uh, as I said about Monk's music in the 50s, uh, record sales for Monk were very, very slow. Nobody bought the records. His music was rarely heard on the radio, if at all. And, of course, um, he had uh, work prob- Work was scarce uh, for him, but he continued and persisted and uh, finally broke through. And we'll tell you more about that on next week's jazz feature. Next week's feature is The Second Step Up. Prestige Records um, were very happy to (laughs) rid themselves of Thelonious Monk because he wasn't selling. And um, his contract was bought out by Oren Keepnews, who was the new head honcho of a new label called Riverside Records. And he took over. Um, recording some of Monk's most important albums. And that's the next chapter we're going to listen to next week, Um, one of the first albums that was issued on Riverside Records was an album called Monk Plays Duke Ellington. And it's a trio set, 
Monk doing familiar Duke Ellington tunes, and uh, we'll tell you all about it next week. So that's uh, our next Thelonious Monk jazz feature. And this album was kind of a breakthrough for Thelonious. We'll tell you why next week. Hope you enjoyed the jazz feature this evening. Two classic sessions, the first from 1952 and the second from 1954. Our first jazz feature on the music of Thelonious Monk. We're doing four of them for the four Mondays, um, all on Monk's music and uh, albums and sessions that changed his life. You are listening to The Jazz Show on CITR-FM 101.9 or on your computer, www.citr.ca. My name's Gavin Walker, and we'll be back with some live recordings by Wes Montgomery. Some very special ones that were never issued on commercial records. So stay tuned. Hello, I'm Ashkan. And I'm Nathan. And we're residents from Orchard Commons working on our student-run production of the musical Rent. Rent follows the story of a group of young and hopeful artists and musicians in New York City who are under the shadow of HIV and AIDS. The show explores issues such as race, queer identities, substance reliance, and poverty, while shining a light on friendship, compassion, and love. The show opens the weekend of March 23rd. Tickets are $10, and more information can be found on our Facebook event page, Orchard Commons Presents Rent. Also look out for our booths around campus for ticket sales. We don't need to tell you that Vancouver has a housing problem. Mass evictions. Mass rent evictions. Unfair rent increases. What happened to rent control and protection from unfair eviction? If these or other housing matters concern you, you may be interested in joining the Vancouver Tenants Union. For more information, visit tenantsunion.ca. UBC's Museum of Anthropology displays long-term and visiting exhibits of indigenous art from around the world, and guided tours are free. Our permanent collection features one of the world's finest exhibits of Northwest Coast First Nations art. Our collection includes 36,000 ethnographic pieces, 535,000 archaeological pieces, and over 600 pieces in the Kroner Ceramics Gallery. There's a lot to take in. Luckily at the Museum of Anthropology, final exams are always take home. If you've never checked out this world-class facility, now's your chance. The Museum of Anthropology is located right on campus and free for all UBC students and faculty. Come enjoy our collection and resources. We're going to take you back to New York City to a club called the Half Note, which was a very popular uh, jazz club at one time in New York, and they did radio broadcasts uh, from that club. And this is some wonderful music by the great Wes Montgomery. And the Winton Kelly Trio, which was his accompanying band with the great Mr. Kelly at the piano, 
Larry Ridley on bass on the first tune and Jimmy Cobb on drums. And we're going to hear uh, actually three West Montgomery tunes from um, some broadcast recordings that he did uh, during a fairly long engagement at the uh, Half Note in New York City. So with the personnel, as I mentioned, uh, on the first tune with Montgomery, Ridley, and Cobb, and Kelly, uh, we're going to hear a Wes Montgomery composition that I've always liked called Four on Six. Then we're going to go to um, one that was recorded close to the same time in uh, the fall of 1965, and the regular bass player was back in the band um, for, the, for the next two tunes, and that's Paul Chambers. So it was uh, Wes Montgomery on guitar, Winton Kelly on piano, Paul Chambers on bass, and Jimmy Cobb on drums. And that was Miles Davis's rhythm section for many, many years. So, and we're going to hear Wes do a beautiful ballad written by David Raxon called Laura. And we're going to hear he puts a little reverb on the guitar for the melody and then plays and then takes it off for his uh, extended solo on the piece. And um, Laura is going to be followed by another wonderful West Montgomery composition called Cariba. And um, when you hear that, you'll know why he called it that. So we begin with four on six. Then we move to Laura and Cariba. West Montgomery with the Winton Kelly Trio. Thank you. 
Yeah, some Wes Montgomery recorded with the Winton Kelly Trio with Mr. Kelly on piano and on the first tune, Larry Ridley on bass and Jimmy Cobb on drums. And for the second two tunes, regular bassist Paul Chambers joined the group uh, replacing Larry Ridley. And uh, we heard, first of all, uh, Wes's composition called Four on Six, and the second tune was the very beautiful Laura. And we heard uh, Wes use um, a reverb device on his uh, guitar and then play the solo with the device turned off. And the final tune was another Wes Montgomery original called Cariba. And all of that was recorded at a great little jazz club in New York City, which was very active in the mid-'60s. They did a lot of broadcasts from that, uh, that nightclub, and these are broadcast recordings, and they were done in the fall of 1965. Wes Montgomery at his best, and uh, some really smoking guitar, I'll tell you. And also, I was reminded by my very good friend and jazz connoisseur, Ron Hearn, that it's Wes's birthday tomorrow, and he would have been 95 years old tomorrow, March the 6th. Wes Montgomery, and uh, we'll never forget Wes. He died quite young um, from a heart attack in 1968 in June uh, sad to say, and uh, we lost one of the great uh, innovative uh, guitarists. Never used a pick, just had this uh, very talented thumb and uh, got such a unique sound on the guitar. Hope you enjoyed that set, and we'll be back in a very few moments. You are listening to The Jazz Show on CITR FM 101.9. Or on your computer, www.citr.ca. My name's Gavin Walker, and we'll be right back. Vancouver Improvised Music Meeting 2018. Experience phenomenal musicians perform magic over three nights. This year, Vancouver's finest improvisers meet Amsterdam violinist Mary Oliver... Alabama guitarist Davey Williams, and Seattle pianist and electronic musician Wayne Horvitz. Vancouver Improvised Music Meeting 2018. March 23rd at China Cloud. March 24th and 25th at the Western Front. For more information on concerts, tickets, and afternoon sessions, check out BarkingSphinx.com or VIMM2018.BrownPaperTickets.com. That's a pretty fast year flew by. Remember all those good times you had at CITR 101.9 FM and Discord Magazine? Well, we do. We're hosting our annual general meeting and volunteer appreciation party on Wednesday, March 28th from 6 to 9-ish p.m. in the atrium of the AMS Nest. This is an annual event where our glamorous community comes together to celebrate the last year, start looking ahead, and acknowledge the fantastic contributions of all of our volunteers. There's going to be a beer garden with lots of free drink tickets for members, food provided by AMS Catering, short presentations by station staff and student exec, prizes, karaoke, and so much more. I'll see you there. 
Well, we got a bit of weather for you, and uh, this is kind of uh, the outlook for the week. Tonight, mainly cloudy, with a 40% chance of a light shower with a low of 3. And then tomorrow is going to be mainly cloudy with a 40% chance of a shower in the morning, then clearing near noon, a low of 3 and a high of 8. And then Wednesday, uh, unfortunately, increasing cloudiness with a low of 2 and a high of 9. <laughs> it's almost getting tropical here. Uh, Thursday is showers with a low of 4 and a high of 9. And Friday is periods of rain with a low of 4 and a high of 7. And Saturday and Sunday, both cloudy days with a 60% chance of a shower with lows between 3 and highs up to 11. So it's actually getting warmer but we need more sunshine, and I guess uh, eventually it'll break through. Mm-hmm. And also this weekend on Sunday, the um, clocks go forward, yeah, spring forward, yeah. And it's uh, I know it's an inconvenience for so many people because, you know, we used to <laughs> have one wristwatch and one, one clock. Now there's clocks everywhere, yeah, and your coffee maker, your stoves, yeah. It's ridiculous, and we have to uh, boost them all by an hour this coming Sunday. That's uh, March 11th, so there you go. I bet you didn't know that, did you? Well, you know what now. Anyway, we're going to get back to some music. Now, this week is International Women's Day, which is on the 8th, and I, I can't think of anything more fitting than to place the music by the great Nina Simone. She not only represents um, civil rights activism, but she was definitely a very, very strong feminist. And Nina Simone was way ahead of her time. She was hard to classify. You know, people said, well, she's not really a jazz singer. She's not really a folk singer. She's kind of, uh, her style, of course, is a kind of a hybrid thing. But um, the thing is, nobody sounds like Nina Simone. And, of course, she's a trained, was a trained classical pianist. Uh, She started her career with the hopes that she would make it as a classical pianist. And, of course, the uh, racial climate um, in the United States at the time uh, really did not allow that to happen. And uh, she moved on and became Nina Simone. She's heard playing the piano on these pieces that we're going to hear, but we're going to begin with one called Sea Line Woman, written by a gentleman named George Bass. And my old friend Rudy Stevenson, who was his regular guitar player at the time, so he's there uh, with Lyle Atkinson on bass and Bobby Hamilton on drums. Um, Then the same rhythm section prevails for this incredible theatrical performance. I don't think I've ever heard anyone do this as well as Nina Simone, and it's from the uh, famous opera, the Three Penny Opera, and this is her version of Pirate Jenny, and uh, there's no other version like this. And then we're going to follow that with one of her most famous Tunes, which involves um, feminism, civil rights, all rolled into one. It's her composition. It's called Four Women. <laughs> <laughs> 
And we're going to be ending with a tune that uh, scared the daylights out of most people because they didn't expect it. And it's another Nina Simone composition. Again, the theme of this composition is civil rights, and it's called Mississippi Goddamn. So here, then, is the music dedicated to International Women's Day of Nina Simone. Sit back and enjoy this.
and you say what she got to grin I'll tell you there's a ship the black freighter with a skull on its masthead will be coming in gentlemen can say, hey gal, finish them floors, get upstairs, what's wrong with you, earn your keep here, you toss me your tips and look out to the ships, but I'm counting your heads as I'm making the beds, cause there's nobody gonna sleep here, tonight, nobody's gonna sleep here, honey, nobody. And you say, who's that kicking up a row? And you see me kind of staring out the window. And you say, what's she got to stare at now? I'll tell you, there's a ship. The Black Freighter. around in the harbor shooting guns from her bow now you gentlemen can wipe off that smile off your face because every building in town is a flat one this whole freaking place will be down to the ground only this cheap hotel standing up safe and sound and you yell why do they spare that one yes that's what you say why do they spare that one to do you wonder who is that person that lives up there and you see me stepping out in the morning looking nice with a ribbon in my hair <laughs> and the ship the blood Runs a flag up its masthead and a cheer rings the air. By noontime, the dock is a swarming with men coming out from the ghostly freighter. So still at the dock, you can hear a foghorn mild. 
The name of this tune is Mississippi Goddamn. And I mean every word of it. Alabama's got me so upset. Tennessee made me lose my rest. And everybody knows about Mississippi Goddamn. Alabama's got me so upset. Tennessee made me lose my rest And everybody knows about Mississippi Goddamn Can't you see it? Can't you feel it? It's all in the air I can't stand the pressure much longer Somebody say a prayer Alabama's got me so upset Tennessee made me lose my rest And everybody knows tune but the show hasn't been written for it yet hound dogs on my trail school children sitting in jail black cat cross my path I think every day is gonna be my last Lord have mercy 
mercy on this land of mine We all gonna get it in due time I don't belong here, I don't belong there I've even stopped believing in prayer Don't tell me, I'll tell you Me and my people just about do I've been there so I know Keep on saying, go slow. Well, that's just the trouble. Washing the windows. Picking the cotton. You're just plain rotten. You thought I was kidding, didn't you? Picket lines, school boycotts, they try to say it's a communist plot. All I want is equality for my sister, my brother, my people, and me. Yes, you lied to me all these years. You told me to wash and clean my ears and talk real fine just like a lady. And you'd stop calling me Sister Sadie. Oh, but this whole country is full of lies. You all gonna die and die like flies. I don't trust you anymore. Keep on saying, go One and only Nina Simone. And we heard four selections by Miss Simone. And I dedicated this to International Women's Day. Nina Simone represents what uh, I think very, her music is very symbolic of um, the cry for freedom, cry for equality, and uh, it all kind of comes together in this, uh, in this music, even though it was recorded quite a while ago. Nina Simone was, uh, played the piano. She was accompanied by bassist Lyle Atkinson and drummer Bobby Hamilton. And 
a wonderful musician who is a um, good friend of mine, the late Rudy Stevenson, who plays guitar and also flute. And his uh, flute was heard on the very first tune that we heard, um, George Bass's composition called Sea Line Woman. And then we heard this uh, haunting and uh, spooky <laughs> rendition of Kurt Vile's and Bertolt Brecht's um, Pirate Jenny from the Three Penny Opera. And um, that was the, the real theatrical side of Nina Simone. She did such a great job on that. Then we heard one of her anthems, Four Women. And that was written by Nina Simone, as was the final tune, which is very obvious in its intent, Mississippi Goddamn. And all of this music was recorded uh, in the mid-60s. And um, have things changed? I don't know. I'll let you decide. All right. You are listening to The Jazz Show, and, of course, we just heard the music of the great Nina Simone. We're going to turn our attention now to a concert recording by Stan Getz, one of the great voices of the tenor saxophone. And this was um, recorded in uh, Worcester, Massachusetts, at a place called Sir Morgan's Cove. Yeah. <laughs> great name for a jazz club, right? Anyway, this is a great band that Stan had together here with, um, of course, Stan on tenor saxophone, the late, great Albert Daly on piano, and David Holland on bass, Dave Holland, and Billy Hart on drums. And uh, this is a tune that Stan loved, and it's a uh, composition written by Chick Corea, and it's called La Fiesta. Here is the impeccable Mr. Stan Getz.
across the country I've sung with lots of bands I've played in those big cities that book those one-night stands I'm lonely and I'm weary I know the scene so well the blues have come to get me and to drag me down to hell but I keep traveling what have I got to lose into a hotel and then forget its name guess i could ask but oh well aren't all hotels just the same sink into the mattress pray god my soul to keep the blues are in the street cries that haunt my troubled sleep but i keep traveling what have i got to lose i just keep on Every morning, wonder where I'm at. I look into the mirror and ask myself, who's that? I left behind a good man, a face I can't recall. And yet I love my old man, or no man's been loved at all. But I keep on traveling. What have I got to lose? 
just confuse me, hold me in their trap. They lead me and they lose me, while round my brain they wrap a web of lonely journeys, all spun from evil thread that twist and turn and tangle me until my soul is dead. Just stop and take a little time out with me Just take five Stop your busy day and take the time out to see I'm alive Though I'm going out of my way Just so I can pass by each day Not a single word do we say It's a pantomime and not a place Still I know how eyes often meet I feel tingles down to my feet When your smile that's much too discreet Sends me on my way wouldn't it be better not to be so polite? You could offer a light. Start a little conversation now, it's all right. Just take five, just take five. It's a pantomime and not a place Still I know our eyes often meet I feel tingles down to my feet When your smile that's much too discreet Sends me on my way Wouldn't it be better not to be so polite You could offer a light Start a little conversation now It's all right Just take five Just take five Just take five just take five, just take five. We heard two tunes by the great late Carmen McRae with the Dave Brubeck Quartet. And uh, the first tune was, of course, called Travelin' Blues. And the second tune, I'm sure everybody recognized, and Paul Desmond joined the uh, group to do his tune, Take Five. And if you've never heard the words to Take Five, you heard them now. So there you go. This is from a classic recording called, <laughs> appropriately enough, Take Five, Carmen McRae and Dave Brubeck, live at Basin Street East in New York City, recorded in 1961. Carmen McRae, wonderful singer. 
And uh, previous to that, um, a broadcast recording by Stan Getz and a special uh, group that he put together with the great Albert Daly on piano, Dave Holland on bass, and Billy Hart on drums in a particularly adventurous uh, rendition of a Chick Corea tune, a favorite of Getz's, called La Fiesta. And uh, this live performance with Stan in, uh, in great form. I'd like to tell you about someone who is coming to Frankie's. Now, Frankie's is a um, great jazz club. It's down on Beattie Street, 755 Beattie, which is, of course, right across from BC Place. And it's Vancouver's leading jazz club. There's all kinds of wonderful people uh, there. Corey Weeds does the booking for Frankie's, so the musical level is on a very high standard. And there's always wonderful people uh, coming in there. So I would uh, like to mention that you can get onto the website of the Coastal Jazz and Blues Society, and you can access all the, the performances that are coming up at uh, Frankie's and also book tables and, and pay for uh, reservations and all that kind of stuff. You can do it on the website of the Coastal Jazz and Blues Society. And, of course, that's a very comprehensive website, coastaljazz.ca, coastaljazz.ca. And uh, while I'm talking about websites, there's another great website which um, gives you an overview of many things that are happening in Vancouver. And uh, it also uh, has our previews of uh, the jazz show on there. Uh, if you click on to Forum and then go to Jazz on the Air, you'll see all the various uh, previews of uh, the jazz features that we've done uh, over the years. And, of course, that website is VancouverJazz.com. So two important websites, CoastalJazz.ca, VancouverJazz.com. Have I thoroughly confused you now? <laughs> no. We'll get back to Frankie's Jazz Club. And I'm talking about this Sunday, March 11th. There's going to be a special performance there by a wonderful saxophonist from the uh, Seattle area. As a matter of fact, he was born in Bremerton, Washington. And he is a master of the flute and alto saxophone with a very individual approach to that instrument. And he's performed all over the world. Um, he, we're going to hear some examples of his music from an album that he recorded in uh, New York with some great New York musicians. But when he plays at Frankie's, he'll be accompanied by the wonderful ex-Brit who lives here now, and uh, he's become one of the major piano players, organ players here in Vancouver, Nick Peck. He'll be playing piano. Um, Russ Botton on bass and Julian McDonough on drums are all going to accompany Mark Lewis. And he is the saxophone and, uh, player and flutist. Mark Lewis is an incredible musician. We're going to hear two examples from a wonderful album called New York Session, which uh, was recorded um, uh, just a couple of years ago with the great George Cables on piano, Victor Lewis on drums, and Essiet Essiet on bass. And these are premier New York musicians, and of course, 
Mark Lewis is a um, wonderful composer and player. We're going to hear him on flute on the first tune, and it's called Koan. And the second tune is entitled Child's Play. And then we're, we're going to play three tunes from this album. Um, the third tune is a blues, and it's called D.L. Blues. So we'll give you a little taste of Mark Lewis, and be sure to, uh, if you like his music, and I know you're going to, book a table at Frankie's this Sunday, March 11th. And uh, really, you won't be able to, uh, you won't regret it. Tickets are only 15 bucks. That's, uh, that's really, uh, really cheap, as a matter of fact. Really reasonable. Uh, reasonable is a better word than cheap. And um, so here is the wonderfully accessible music of Mark Lewis.
That's some music by a wonderful saxophone player, flute player, by the name of Mark Lewis. And Mark will be appearing at Frankie's Jazz Club, backed up by Nick Peck on piano, Nick Peck, and um, Russ Botton on bass, and Julian McDonough on drums. So that's a great rhythm section. I'm sure that'll inspire Mark to uh, play just the way he does on this album. We just heard um, three excerpts from his New York Session album with uh, some great players, George Cables on piano, Essiet Okun Essiet on bass, and Victor Lewis on drums. And we heard three compositions by Mark Lewis. The first one featured his uh, incredible flute playing. It's called Cohen. The tune number two was entitled Child's Play, and tune number three was a blues entitled D.L. Blues. Mark Lewis. So mark that down on your calendar, um, March 11th, that's Sunday evening, at uh, Frankie's Jazz Club. And 15 bucks uh, is the cover to hear a really very fine um, musician who is making, uh, doing a one-nighter here in in Vancouver, March 11th at uh, Frankie's. Frankie's Jazz Club and Mark Lewis. Now, here is another band that uh, is based in Toronto. This is a uh, a Juno-winning band, a Juno-nominated band, entitled Peripheral Vision. And uh, these fine musicians, including Trevor Hogg on tenor saxophone, Don Scott on guitar, Michael Herring on bass, and Nick Fraser on drums, um, they have just released their fourth album called More Songs About Error and Shame. <laughs> Great title. Um, they are going to be playing at the China Cloud uh, right here in Vancouver this Wednesday, March the 7th. And their music is um, incredibly um, intriguing and uh, so well played. Um, I'm going to give you an example of uh, one tune from their album. It uh, was a composition by Don Scott, the guitarist. And um, as I said, this is from their latest album. And the tune is called Clickbait. And you'll hear um, just how amazing this band is. Check it out. This is Peripheral Vision, and they'll be playing at the China Cloud March the 7th. Check them out.
That was called Clickbait. And that's a track from a wonderful album, Peripheral Vision. As I mentioned before, they'll be playing this Wednesday at the uh, China Cloud. And uh, they're a super band. They, they're all musicians, young musicians that are based in Toronto. And they're doing a Western Canada tour. And uh, they've been playing in Edmonton, Saskatoon, Regina, Winnipeg, etc. And they'll be in Vancouver. And Courtney, uh, March 7th at the China Cloud here in Vancouver. And then the Avalanche Bar and Grill over in Courtney, B.C. And then they're going up to Whitehorse and then back to Toronto. And um, the people involved here, uh, Trevor Hogg on tenor saxophone, Don Scott on guitar, Michael Herring on bass, and Nick Fraser on drums. And that was a composition by uh, Don Scott entitled Clickbait. And the album, uh, which is actually going to... um, have a CD release party in Toronto on April 3rd. The album is called More Songs About Error and Shame. And uh, as I said, the name of the band is Peripheral Vision. Check them out at the China Cloud. We're going to return to a classic now. This is by pianist Mel Waldron. And Mel put together a marvelous band, including John Coltrane on tenor saxophone, can you imagine? And Jackie McLean on alto saxophone. And Bill Hardman on trumpet. Julian Ewell on bass. And Arthur Taylor on drums. And this is a Mel Waldron, and of course Mel Waldron on piano. This is a Mel Waldron composition entitled Potpourri. Thank you. 
That was from an album called Mal 2, which came out on uh, Prestige Records, and a very special band with uh, John Coltrane on tenor saxophone, Jackie McLean on alto, Bill Hardman on trumpet, and Julian Ewell on bass, and Arthur Taylor on drums, and of course all led by pianist Mel Waldron. And that was his tune, entitled Potpourri. A sadly short-lived band was uh, this group that we're going to hear next, led by trombonist J.J. Johnson. And uh, this band didn't stay together too long, um, and, and fortunately they only they cut one album, and it's a goodie uh, for Columbia Records. And it's called, uh, the band was called J.J. Incorporated, J.J. Inc., and it featured uh, Mr. Johnson, the distinguished Mr. Johnson on trombone, a young Freddie Hubbard on trumpet, uh, Clifford Jordan on tenor saxophone, Cedar Walton on piano, Arthur Harper on bass, and Tootie Heath, Albert Heath on drums. And we're going to hear a composition by J.J. He did all the compositions and arrangements on this album. This one's called Mohawk, and we may hear another one after this. Who knows? But we start with Mohawk. Here we go.
I think that's a good place to leave it this evening. That was entitled Mohawk, and that was, of course, J.J. Incorporated. That was the name of his band, the great J.J. Johnson on trombone. That was his composition and arrangement with a young Freddie Hubbard on trumpet, Clifford Jordan on tenor saxophone, Cedar Walton on piano, Arthur Harper on bass, and Albert Tootie Heath on drums. All of that was recorded August 1st, 1960 for Columbia Records. And it was this band's only recording. Um, And J.J. disbanded uh, soon after because he got a whole bunch of uh, movie contracts and TV show contracts and so on and so forth and decided to pursue um, his writing and arranging career to uh, great ends. So, uh, unfortunately, that little band had to break up. But we're fortunate for that album, J.J. Incorporated. Mohawk, thank you very much for being out there. Um, glad to play some music for you. Those of you that uh, have stayed with us for the uh, duration of the show or joined us later, we're always open and we welcome your ears as well. This has been another edition of The Jazz Show. Next week, of course, another Thelonious Monk album. This one was a most interesting album for Riverside Records called Thelonious Monk Plays Duke Ellington. Plays a whole bunch of very familiar Duke Ellington compositions. We'll tell you the story around that album and uh, its success and uh, what it meant to the career of Thelonious Monk. So do join us next week. We start uh, at 9 every Monday night right here at CITR. So on behalf of CITR and The Jazz Show, I'm Gavin Walker, and we'll see you in seven days' time. And don't forget, CITR is 101.9 FM or www.citr.ca, and we broadcast from the University of British Columbia, which is situated on unceded Musqueam territory. So we'll see you next week. Take care, and bye for now.